0: Rhythms, Routines, and Responsibilities, Managing Your Household on a University Model Schedule by Betsy Hatton was presented at Community Training 2023. Betsy is a mom of six children who attend Veritas and is an upper school science teacher. Enjoy! I do. Okay, so this is Rhythms, Responsibilities, and Routines. and trying to just think through what does it look like to do this model of schooling in your home with your family, with your children, um, and kind of not lose (laughs) your mind some days, but also just lose like what does this look like for running your home, because you really are adding in something additional to what your home and your family structure looks like than you would if they were in the school five days a week and not in your home. Um, and so that's kind of my hope and my goal is just to talk you through some things. And I have some very practical suggestions and ideas and things that I have found that worked for me, but I also have a little bit of work I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of reflection and thought. So if you don't have some paper, I've put some extra paper here and you can just, we can pass them around. Um, but here and there, nothing terrifying, I promise, but you'll just want to have a, something to write with and to write on, because I'm going to ask you just to do a little bit of brainstorming, because for me... When I'm hearing someone talk, often if things come to mind, if I don't, you know, address that right away, I'll get home and I'll think, what was my marvelous idea? I already forgot. (laughs) So, let's see if this is on, okay. So we're gonna try to think about this topic through a couple of different things. Um, Seasons and purpose in your home and your life and your family. Uh, We're gonna talk a little bit specifically about home days and kind of that school aspect of that. And then I want to move to a broader picture of, again, just home life. How do you incorporate all of this into your life that you are living? And then at the end, a little bit of additional reflection and maybe some decisions. If you feel like you need to make a decision. Right. So, again, to start with, here's where I started at Veritas. If you know you're my kids, I've tried not to cry going back and pulling up pictures. We, this is our 10th year at school. When we started at Veritas, this is our oldest two, Catherine, um, who's now a senior, and Will, who's now a sophomore. So we started when they were in third grade and first grade. So I never did do Veritas with just one kid. I jumped in with those two at the same time. And at the same time, we had a four-year-old, Anna, twin two-year-olds, James and Elizabeth, and a newborn baby, Ben. <laughs> okay? So that was my, that's my first year at Veritas. And in the middle of that year, we decided to renovate our house and take out the kitchen and the kids' bathroom and the laundry room in the middle of winter. No, I think that was crazy. <laughs> it's okay. We survived. So that's where we started. Uh, this is where we are now. This was... It is hard to find a family photo of all of us with everyone looking in one direction with eyes open. (laughs) This is the best I could find. It was from Easter thing at church. So, again, Catherine is here. She is our senior. Will is a sophomore. Anna is in eighth grade this year. James and Elizabeth are our twins. We're in fifth grade. And Ben's pulling up the rear in third grade. So, we have, again, gone from these cute little babies to this in what feels like the blink of an eye. Um, So, I am just, again, I'm so thankful for Veritas for so many things, but I think as my kids have gotten older, and especially this year, looking at senior seniors we'll about to leave, I think one of the things I'm most thankful for is simply the extra time I've had with my kids. Um, I think the classical part is a great, like, to me, that's like a bonus, like, woohoo, your education is amazing. I didn't get that. I feel like I, I didn't get that until maybe I went to college. Um, And the Christian part, I feel like is obviously very important and was a priority for us, but there are lots of Christian schools in Greenville. Um, But for me, the university model aspect at that time has been such a gift. It has also probably been the hardest aspect of doing this. So um, let's just think through again a couple of these things. The first thing I want you to think about is simply what season you are entering right now with your family and with your kids. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to take out the piece of paper. I want you to write one or two sentences, very clearly stating this season of life. And what I mean by that is, what are you like? Where are you? That could be how old are your kids? What grades are they in? For me, it's like we're entering sports seasons. Like the fall is this sports season in our house, and then we'll go into basketball season. Like sometimes our seasons depend on where what activities our kids have. For me, my season is I've got a graduate. You know, someone applying to college for the first time. That's a new season. So I'm going to be quiet for just a minute. I want you to write just a one or two sentences as, as specifically as you can, not just like I'm a mom, okay? What is your current season? Maybe your season includes being new to Veritas and having never done any of this before. For all of us, it includes our kids entering new grades that they've never that, that child has never done before. Maybe you've had a third grader before, but... You know, again, I have to remind myself of that. My young, I'm like, I've done third grade. He's never done third grade, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you also, and I think we forget sometimes as parents to give ourselves a little bit of grace, you have never probably been in this exact season in your own life, right? And you know, like, I've never had a senior in high school. I've never had a kid. Somehow we have avoided soccer until this season. It's our first time with a kid <laughs> playing soccer. Been the youngest <laughs> study when I play soccer. So I'm like, oh, gosh, now we've got to figure out, like, soccer schedules, soccer games, and I don't even know. I am tried to, like, put Jay, my husband, in charge of that, um, but there, so there are things that in your life, even if you're not new to Veritas, this year, this season, may feel different, and probably will, I feel like every year's always a little bit different, so I think it's really helpful to start with just recognizing that, where are you right now, okay. and we'll come back to that in a little bit, as we think about what, how that Season you're currently in and entering may affect what are some of these decisions that you might need to make and things look like. Okay, one more thing, I am ask you write down. What is your purpose this year? Don't uh, now we just heard this huge big vision thing from Ben Wallace. I don't want big 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 though. Can I want you to narrow this down as simple as possible? Okay, so for me, when I was thinking, I'm like, my goal is to help our oldest figure out how to apply and. To college and make her decisions well and love her well while also again taking on, you know, some of these things. I mean, mine's long because I have a lot of people, but like in the middle, I like my big purpose is like how to this year is our last year with all my kids in my house, keep that, you know, make some special family time. Like, I feel like that's my purpose this year to, to begin this transition. Your purpose is probably gonna be different. Okay? So, take just a minute. Can you identify one or two things that you feel like this is my? purpose this year you may not feel a great sense of clarity about that right now and that's okay about either of these or maybe you're looking at like i don't really even know my life feels so crazy i don't even know what season i'm in or i don't know how to narrow down all the things i feel like i need to do to make a purpose that's okay that's also okay so maybe if not that's something you can think about in the days and weeks to come and see if that just might help give you some guidance um okay one more thing but these you only have to write one word each, alright? So I want you to write down the first word, or two if you have to, that pop it to mind, that come to mind when you hear this. I want my home to feel blank. First word. What do you think? How do you want your home to feel? Okay. okay ready? Second one. It's just one word. Y'all write be right. All right. I want my husband, or if you're a husband, I want my wife to feel or to be blank in our home. At the end of the day, if you're the mom doing the schoolwork all day, at the end of the day, your husband comes home. How do you want him to feel walking into your home? I want my kids to be blank on home days. Let's just focus on that. Not every day, not a Saturday. On Monday, Wednesday, Friday. How do you want your kids to be in your home? Last one. I want to be... Like the school year. Can you put it into one word? You probably wrote down words that are different from the person sitting near you. Hopefully. All of our homes are different. All of our families are different. This is going to look very different. So again, I can't give you a magical answer to a lot of things. What I want to do is again here give you some prompts that then you can think back on. And often, again, sometimes with these, the first thing that pops into your mind will show what you're actually and kind of what do you value. Anybody want to be ready to tell me what did you write here? I want my home to feel what, what, warm. Okay, peaceful, peaceful, great, restful, Restful. calm. peaceful Mm -hmm. yeah if you want your home to feel like warm and cozy or comfortable or relaxing right then we're going to think through okay well what does that mean again maybe then even on your home day does that mean like when it's time to read are you like sitting at the kitchen table or are you going to choose like hey let's sit on the couch with a bunch of blankets and like create this you know light a fire in the winter i don't know you know something that's going to create that environment anybody here this one's harder i want my husband or wife to be blank at home Supported. supported. Great. Thought of. Thought of. Listen. Awesome. Refreshed. Refreshed. I like it. Mine was so welcome. That's, okay, that sounds kind of harsh, but I feel like sometimes at the end of the day, especially when has been the kids and me all day in the house and we've been doing our thing, and my, husband, my awesome husband Jay walks in at the end of the day and he's just kind of like, what is <laughs> happening? <laughs> right? Like, and how do I fit into this chaos that okay. has been ensuing all day long? Right? <laughs> So I have to challenge myself constantly, like, okay, Jay's on his way home. What do we need to do, not only in the house, but, like, with our own um, personal spirits and attitudes to be able to, like, say, hey, we missed you today. Like, we are so glad you're here. Um, What about your kids? I want my kids to be blank on home days. Focused. Focused? Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Okay, focused. What else? Accomplished. Accomplished? Joyful. Joyful. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm motivated. Okay, motivated. Mm -hmm. So if your goal is, right, they're going to get these things accomplished, we're going to, you know, be motivated, we're going to get these things done, we're going to hopefully be joyful in the process too, (laughs) but, right, that's going to lend itself to, like, if that's your goal, it's like, we are going to be prepared to accomplish this and do this well, right, then you're going to need to think through, what do I need to do to make sure my kids are prepared to do this, okay? If your goal is, I want my kids to be relaxed on home days, Okay, you can still do your work and create a relaxed like in a relaxed environment if that works for you, but you're gonna have a different way of preparing for a home day then or looking at you know. Does that make sense? I want to be blank this school year. Anybody put out tired? I wanna be tired this school year. Is that anybody's goal? Not tired. No, but I want to be not tired, maybe, okay. But again, the truth is often we feel tired, maybe. But okay, so what did you put you don't want to be tired? I want to be. Patient, calm, calm organized, calm, organized intentional. intentional. Yeah, those content. I like all of those. If that's what you recognize in me, like I want to be these things, you are going to have to do a little bit of hard work to figure out if you're not feeling that way. Right, you know, what? Why not? And where do we need to go to get there? Okay. All right, so let's jump into a little bit of nitty gritty. Let's start with home days. Again, this may be some things that you're hearing from, like if you um, from other talks or from teachers or whatever. But I'm just going to go through a couple of big categories here about some home day uh, kind of techniques, tips, thoughts of what this has looked like for me. Um, first, lesson plans. All right. <laughs> There's Baby Ben. First, this is the first year. All right. So if you want your kids to actually do their work, they have to know what the work is, and you have to know what the work is. And that can look like a lot of different things. Um, You see those plans in RenWeb. How do you get from that to like, here, dear, sweet first grader, is what I need you to do. We started, I started, again, this was year one, but I had this lovely little whiteboard. I didn't even hang it on the wall. It's just sitting on the floor in the basement. I think this is again, we were, like, living in the basement during the renovation. And I, like, made a separate little column for, like, Catherine had a column and Will had a column. And I like, this is what we're going to do together, column. And at night, the night before, I would, like, write it on there. And that was great until Ben would erase it all. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> again, had I put the whiteboard higher, that probably would have solved the problem. But in my mind, I thought, this will be great. I'll write it on there. We can erase it as we go off. We can do different colors. That, again, it could be fine. I did not implement it well. Didn't work for me because I would look over and I was like, great. We now don't know what to do anymore. Um, But that might be you hang your whiteboard higher and don't let the children erase it. That might work for you. But, again, I would do that the night before. If I got up on a Wednesday morning and I didn't know what we were doing I, I was already lost. And that first year was especially hard because I would look at those plans in Renweb and there were like abbreviations for things. And I didn't even know what, I was like, I don't even know what book I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, and I I didn't know anything about phonogram rules for spell Like, I had to do a little bit of homework sometimes the night before so that I felt prepared enough to even put something on the board and know what book we were supposed to get out. Okay? Um, A lot of people like to use a simple single-subject spiral notebook or a little composition book, and they will write in there, like take those RENweb plans, really narrow it down to, again, this is here, dear first grader, what we're going to do in a really simplified format. So you might have extra instructions, like, again, the RENweb printout might be your teacher kind of instructions, but it could be as simple as writing math, you know, and a page number, or something that very easily your kindergartner, your first grader, your second grader can see and help check off as you go along that seems to work well for again, some of those younger students. Um, I also really like who not love a big sticky note. So if you, um, I, I couldn't do this with all I'd have sticky notes everywhere. But again, with some of the younger ones, maybe like a sticky note for math with the page number, a sticky note for here's our reading, whatever, you put them on the refrigerator on kind of wall. And then as you do one, you know, they get to take the sticky note off and then they can very visibly see what they have left to do that day. Um, you could use different colors, like here's what you're going to do independently, here's what we're going to do together, um, or, you know, things like that. Or here's what we're going to do in the morning, here's what we're going to do in the afternoon. And so then you could say, okay, it's morning, here's our four colored sticky notes. Which of these four morning activities do you want to do first? And give them a little bit of choice, but you're not giving them a full, what do you want to start with? like, And, you know, you're saying, are you picking this, this, or this, if you're okay with that kind of flexibility. <clears throat> um. As they get a little bit older, I would move towards with my kids just again printing the Rinweb plans. Either way, I'm printing out the Rinweb plans, okay, mostly for myself. And I'm looking them over before I do anything else with them because I need to make sure it's the mom I know and the TO teacher, I know what I'm doing. But as they got older, starting usually around the end of second grade for most of my kids, but definitely into third grade, I would just take different color highlighters and I would start to highlight here's what I think you can do independently with one color, here's what I think we're going to work on together. Or like, here's what I want you to do independently, and then I'm gonna, you know, check over it. Um, And then I would talk to them. Where do you want to start? What do you want, you know, or I'll give them a suggestion. I want you to start with math or your cursive. Which one do you, you know, and pick one of those two. Um, But just simply having those plans highlighted, because if you just hand them the whole sheet and it's all this stuff, for some kids that's overwhelming and they don't know where to start. So, again, depending on the child, sometimes by the end of second grade they're ready to kind of look at that. Definitely third into fourth. I would suggest having them at least look through that with you again. Now, you might need, if your kid has struggles with the executive functioning, and stuff, you might need to go from that to big sticky notes or have them then write it in something else, and that's fine. But the goal is to start to have them be a little more invested. And our teachers in third and fourth grade are writing the RenWeb lesson plans in a way for your students to be able to read them. That's really where that switch kind of happens, where it's, K through two, it's more like written for the parents to read it, third and fourth grade is more written for the parents and students to look at it together. So begin to implement that and then again, if your kid can handle just the lesson plan, great. If not, go from there to what is the next step, right? Um, The last is they get older, fourth into fifth grade maybe, and they want a planner. By fifth grade, the school provides them a planner and we really start to transition them to how to use that well and be accountable for what they're doing. And then by middle school and up, hopefully that's what they're prepared to do on their own. Okay? Um, Locations in your home, right? Um, You can pick where you want to do your schoolwork and what that looks like. And if you have multiple students, then you can also be thinking about that. There's James reading some poetry to our dog. (laughs) Um, So just think where in your home works best for you, but also where it works best for your kids. And you have to know your children to know this. Some of my kids do best if we are all together in the kitchen, right? And they, and it kind of it's like a group effort. And then I have some who, are, if, they, if it's a group effort, this one is watching, well, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? Like, and they're distracted by every little thing. Some of my kids prefer to do their work in their bedroom. Some of them prefer to do it in dad's office because while he's working, you know, um, sometimes we're out on the porch. So like, I think I wrote down a random list. You can think of places in your house. Uh oh. Um, sorry about that. I did it again. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We'll stop there. I It kind of just has worked out that, like, we have different locations where we do different things. Like, we tend to do a math in the kitchen. I don't know why. It's just usually what we start with in the morning. They're there after breakfast. We do that. But then if we're reading out loud, we're sitting in the, you know, in the living room, or we're moving, if it's nice outside, we're sitting on the porch, or sometimes if I need to read to just one child, we get, we'll go to my room, because that's usually where the dog is hanging out, and they sit on my bed and pet the dog, right, while I read aloud to them. Um, Again, as they've gotten older, some I prefer to do work in their rooms at a desk, you know, where they can close the door from the little siblings, so just be thoughtful of where are you asking? If you are demanding, kind of like, we are only doing schoolwork right here in this lovely schoolroom I set up for you. Again, I tried the, like, schoolroom thing in our basement. It didn't work for for me and my people. Like, it just, for some people, works great. For me, it didn't work to have that separated. Um, so just be thoughtful. Like, it doesn't have to all happen in one spot. And, you know, you can use a variety. The other thing I didn't put on here is it is sometimes really helpful to go somewhere else outside of your home, especially... If going somewhere else, if you're going, you know, go to a park, or sometimes we go to the library it forces them to be quiet. Um, But if there's a, you know, a different location that would be helpful, feel free to also use that. Okay? School room. Okay. Multiple students. Those are our twins. That was, was that third grade? Was that last year? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Uh, What does it look like if you have more than, again, especially twins in one grade, we're doing two of everything. That was their history project. The is there anyone here who has just, who doesn't have multiple children? I know you have one, just one, okay. You can just tune one here, right? Okay, so you even, and I know some of your other ones are um, are gone during the day. If, if you have multiple kids, whether it's multiple Veritas kids or like kids and a toddler or a baby or something like that, the best thing I can, for me, is just trying to create some kind of rhythm to what the day looks like. Um, I tried doing like a schedule. We were doing this at this time and this at this time and this at this time. And then I would find myself really frustrated because I didn't plan in there time for a blowout from a baby's diaper or, you know, a fight between the siblings or the, you know, a phone call that I needed to handle or the dishwasher was leaking. you know, whatever, just life's unexpected things. So then I would feel like, oh, I'm failing at this because it's 10 a.m. and we haven't done what I said we were going to do at 9 a.m. So I had to just think about, OK, well, just what's our rhythm? What's our next thing going to look like? So here, this is still kind of how we do this. Um, in the morning, breakfast, and begin independent work. Okay. That means the night before, I've printed out the lesson plans for different kids. They've, you know, they know I've either put on their sticky notes or I've highlighted it. Like, what do they need to do independently? Breakfast is not. Everybody all together at one table in my house. I gave that ideal up long ago because I would fix breakfast And then they would all come and say like I don't want to eat that I don't want to eat that and they all wanted different things and I was like fine you feed yourself, okay? So they kind of trickle in which is fine. It's fine uh, They trickle in and then begin their independent work, and I'm just kind of checking like do you know what you're doing? Do you need do you have what you need those kinds of things? Um, that all seem to be different times I have some who are early risers and some who need to sleep a little bit later, and I'm okay with that. After kind of a series of, like, you worked on some things independently, I do usually say, hey, around, usually it's like 10 or 10.30, I'd like for us all to meet together, and there's some, you know, there's some things we're going to do together. That might be our Bible reading. I think it was um, poetry. I tend to have them do together. Even if they're memorizing different poems from different grades, I still am like, you can listen to this poem for two minutes. It's lovely. And our youngest one, by the time he gets he's like, I already know that. I heard that two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, recitation, anything like that in the morning that's just a little gathering time. Sometimes they'll give them a special snack during that time or a special drink or something. And then we we just kind of rotate independent and dependent work in about 20 minute sections. And so I'll say, okay, I want after we're all together, I want you to go work independently while I go read with this child, okay? And then I'm gonna switch and I'm gonna work with you while this kid does some independent work. And I just rotate myself amongst them while they are hopefully doing again some of the still things they can do on their own. The other thing that I've usually put in here in these 20-minute sections is not just schoolwork, but that could include you need to practice your piano. Okay, you need to fold this basket of laundry, you know, some of those kinds of chores and just life things. Again, if we didn't finish cleaning up the kitchen from breakfast, like you're, you know, then this is your again, kind of a chore time a little bit, if they need a 20-minute break, or 20 minutes like you get to play outside for 20 minutes. Um after all of that, again, we probably do that for about an hour. So again, three 20-minute sections, maybe. Then they get a break, and maybe that's finished other chores, maybe that's playing, maybe that's practicing something. But during that break is when I try to do like mom things. Maybe I need to switch over the laundry. Maybe I need to work on something for dinner. Maybe I, again, I te- maybe I need to. Usually, I need to like respond to some emails because my students are sending me questions, and I've got to have time to do my, some work during the day as well. So they get a break while I do some of that. <clears throat> lunch um, after that again sometimes that's me prepping lunch like okay I'll you know, put a pizza in the oven while I'm responding to emails while the pizza's cooking they're playing come back together often if there's a read aloud maybe I'll read to them again. and it might be at this point for me it's just my younger three who some of this part applies to more than my older ones um, but if I'm reading the third grade book aloud and my fifth graders are listening that's fine right? they can enjoy that story also or often it's the other way I'm like I'm going to read whatever the older ones need and you know, in first grade, second grade, third grade, so it's always like, read aloud to your kids for 20 minutes. I'm like, great, you're just listening to what I'm reading to these other kids. That's your read aloud time. Okay. After lunch, again, maybe they take another break for just a minute, That you know, um, depending on what we need. And then we just move into finishing any independent work together and any all-together work. For me, I usually save like, nature study for the afternoon. Uh, with, that's kindergarten versus second grade. Um, but anything else that needs to be finished up. My goal is usually with my younger ones to be done with all this by about two o'clock. Because that gives me a little bit of a mom break where I can say, I'm going to take a 30 minute nap, or again, I need to finish some of my schoolwork, or I need to prep for dinner, whatever, before we start, oh, you need to go to this practice, you need to do this, or those kinds of things as well. Again, there's not set times on that, and it's just again, it's just more kind of this is just a rhythm of how this is falling into place for us. So that might look different for you. Um, the other thing is if you have again, multiple students, um, choose a way. Let's say they're working independently. So they're 20 minutes for to work on independently, and they need help. Okay? What I would often find is that kid would think, right I need help. I'm like, I'm over here trying to read to this kid, and I need help. I can't do any of this math. I don't. You know, I, they're dying. They're crying on the floor while you're trying to like read the story to the other kid. So I needed to have a way for them to tell me they need help without it disrupting everything else that was happening. Um, usually, like, if it was math, I'd say, can you just put a star beside, like, what you have and then move on to something else that's still independent from your list, we highlight it, and we'll, then, you know, I come back to you, we'll look at that. Um, if everyone's working in the same room, I have one friend who used, um, like, red and green construction paper, or little flags or something, and if everything was going great, they left their green up, and if they felt like they got stuck, they'd flip it to red, okay? Just real quick, Mom can see, this kid put it on red, I know they need help, I'll get to them in a minute. With that is, let them know you've acknowledged they need help and that you will help them, but it's not going to be probably right that second. if you're in the middle of helping a different student, so that could be something as simple as like a, usually for me it's like I just give them like a, you know a thumbs up, a hand, I pat them on the head over the, I'm like I got you know I hear you, but I'm not it's not your turn yet. Hold on, you're not going to die because you can't answer that math question right this <laughs> second. Just be patient. Um, But again, just come up with some way for them to know you've acknowledged. I know you need help. I promise I'm coming. Okay? That tends to create less disruptions amongst if you're trying to help someone else one-on-one and help the whole kind of rhythm thing, not totally fall apart. Um, If you have a baby or toddler, I like to rotate. Which kids play with the baby or toddler? See, and there's Will swinging with Ben when they were little. Um, So that would be sometimes part of our 20-minute rotations was who was in charge of playing with the baby or the toddler. I'm helping this kid. So you're in charge of playing with this one. And if you only have two kids, I can't help you. I don't know. But to have more children. I don't know. I'm just um, find a neighbor's kid. Get a dog. I'm not sure. Um, but you could think of something that you could rotate with that. Um, but that was helpful for me was to put in just again, some sibling time. But honestly, is one of the reasons I also wanted to do this model school I wanted my kids to have relationships with each other. All right, I gotta pay attention my time. Uh, Special toys and activities you can pull out, you know, for during that time, especially for the younger ones. Again, we mentioned this already. Adding chores, practices, other like life things built into that rhythm of the day. And then ask for help, If you are feeling like, hey, I could just really use an hour on Friday mornings without this baby and this toddler to be in the house, that's okay, like, could you swap with a friend? Um, uh, another Veritas family ask grandparents for help if they're close by um, ask your spouse I and mean, depending on their schedule ask uh, for a babysitter for years I didn't send that first year I didn't send any of those younger kids to preschool because I didn't want to have to get them dressed in the morning and take them somewhere mm-hmm. and sending four kids to preschool seemed like it wasn't cost a whole lot so I decided I just said I hired a um, I think she was just recently graduated college, was a young lady from our church, and was in, she was about to go on the mission field, but she had a lot of free time. She came to my house on Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings, so I two hours at a time, and she would just play with my little kids in the backyard, and those two hours were golden because I could do schoolwork with the other ones. So just be creative if you feel like I'm drowning in children, Right? Older students, there's, this is our oldest, Catherine, with not our kids. Those are some of her babysitting children. <laughs> <with> ours, <'cause laughs> I, mean, I asked her if it was okay yeah. to ask Catherine. I said, like, Catherine's um, once they hit middle school and up, again, anybody, and a couple of you have middle schoolers, um, high schoolers, you're really transitioning a little bit more to their mentor, and you're working more on, like, independence. I promise it's coming. If you have little kids, it's hard to see. But I promise it's going to happen. And it turns more into, like, I'm just checking in with you. Maybe you're proofreading things once I finish them. Maybe there have to be some consequences if they're not finishing them. Like, you must finish this before you can this. That might be... You can't go to sports practice this afternoon, buddy, until you finish writing this paper. I'm sorry. Well, my coach ain't gonna let me play in the game if I'm not there. I'm sorry, right? Um, allowing them to fail, and small fails are super helpful. But also knowing when to step in. So if you see, okay, let's just take a planner, like, oh, I see, you know, you have this planner, but it seems like you've got a lot of zeros because you keep forgetting to take your homework. So like something isn't working. So I see that this blank, whatever it is, isn't working for you. Now can I help you figure out a different system? Um, So just knowing when to step in, but again, it's hard. I have found that we're here at this model school because we want to be involved, and as they get older, it gets a little harder to sometimes back off, not to let them drown, but to let them start to figure some of that out on their own. Okay, Okay. home life, random things. Um, All that was, again, more like specific school.
1: So, so let's um, just think about again. What
0: kind of does this look like to try to incorporate all this score into your life? With that. Um, I want you to think of your job as a co-teacher, really, as you, t- you taking on a part-time job. Okay. I hope that doesn't sound scary, but it's really kind of what you're committing to time-wise. And I want you to put a picture of a tree here instead of my cute children because I want you to think of Psalm 1 that kept coming to mind. I want you to be like a tree. Planted by streams of water That yields its fruit in its season Now you at the beginning of this You thought about your season Where you are You might not be in a very fruitful season Kindergarten is not super fruitful I'm just going to be honest right? Mm-hmm. You were in this for a long Your children It's, it's a long process and You're going to see little wins And little victories along the way I promise I felt like I started to see the fruit of this About high school Okay, would you agree? Okay, you your head yes. Okay. Um, it is a long, there are some long, again, you're going to see some of things, but it is a long season in some ways. And in other ways, it's a really fast one, right? So think of your time during your day with your kids. Like, what these are your working hours. If you were at a job from, you know, again, 9 to 12, again, maybe you take a lunch break in there, but like, you know, 1 to 2 or 1 to 3, whatever, what would the expectations be of you? Would it be that you're getting up in the middle of that to constantly check your phone, or to do the laundry even, okay? So for me, I've had to work on how to eliminate distractions of what else needs to happen in my home during those working school hours, because there is always something I could be doing in my house, I promise. Um, For me, those two things again are mostly my phone and household tasks that I feel like I could or should be doing. Mm. It is often helpful for me to not even have my phone in the same room. Or to take off my watch, so I quit checking my text messages, or if I, I don't even know if someone's calling me. And I've had to tell my husband this too, he'll say, I tried calling this morning, you didn't answer the phone. I'll say, yeah, I'm so sorry. We were, like, if we're in the middle of reading a chapter and I have my kid's attention, if I answer the phone to talk to Jay, it is gone. I'm not getting them back. And that sounds kind of rude to my husband. But I'd say, like, hey, if you were in the middle of a meeting with a client, you're not answering my phone call either. So maybe we need to say, like, here's when I'm generally free during the day. Can, you try to, can we try to, like, call and talk to each other and check in, you know, at that time? Here's kind of, again, where these breaks tend to fall. Um, again, or thinking, where am I putting some of these household tasks? So I'm not reading to my kid while I'm thinking I should really be emptying the dishwasher or something, right? And then take some time to evaluate yourself. How are you doing at this job, right? If you were at most jobs, someone's evaluating you and telling you if you're doing it well or not. That might mean you need to ask your spouse, sometimes I ask my kids that's (laughs) careful (laughs) Um, sometimes I might be asking or having a conversation with your teacher here at school like hey are you seeing anything like is my kid constantly coming unprepared and there's something I'm just not addressing at home but that also could just be some honest self-evaluation as well and then this request required a lot of honest communication between my husband over the years about what I feel like I can and can't do where do I need help um, helping to prioritize certain things, asking for help with certain things, and just deciding when certain things like it's okay if this just doesn't get done at the end of this day. Um, again, I told you my husband is, again, he walks in at the end of the day. My husband, if you know him, he's wonderful. He's very introverted. He's still a little surprised. He lives in a house with six children. <laughs> <in the day. laughs> Not kidding. And so, you know, trying to even figure out how to commute like at the end of the day, all the kids want to tell him what they and he's just like, oh or again, if he walked in though, sometimes the house it does at the end of a Wednesday, it's just like, whoa, what has happened in here? And I had to say to him a couple times, like, Hey, I, I know this looks overwhelming because you left your office and like there was one piece of paper on your desk. It was real clean and <laughs> quiet all day. Um, I need you to walk in and say, Oh my gosh, there is a lot of living that's happened in here today. <laughs> right? Or like Oh, there are four piles of laundry we need to address at the end of the day. Don't be like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Be like, that is a miracle. You fold you know, you got from the washing machine to the dryer four <laughs> loads of laundry. That is you know, that's amazing. So we had to have a little communication of like, hey, this may look different a little bit than what it had before we started that model. Again, and then if there are rules, you can kinda of think about what Abby smoked right. not for the sake of just having rules but more guidelines, um, and things to just keep things moving smoothly. That might be a screen, like no screens before two o'clock. Right, or no screens, tool schoolwork is done. That might be like, you have to brush your teeth before we start because if you're reading to me in my face, and you don't brush your teeth. <laughs> right? We got a problem. <laughs> Not from experience, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so decide what kinds of rules are going to help that day go smoothly and put those in place. And then there are other things I like to use this kind of principle of decide once. This can apply to a whole lot of things. Um, for me, that is, again, things I know I'm going to have to do over and over and over again. I need to come up with a way to decide when or how that's going to happen, because decision fatigue is exhausting to me. That's where I get worn down, is it gets to the end of the day, and I'm like, you oh, I just can't like, they're like, what's for dinner, I'm like, I cannot even make a decision. Like, I'm so decided out, my brain is done, I can't decide anymore. So that might be you deciding, like, what chores you're responsible for versus your kids are responsible for, or what, um, again, when are you planning out those lesson plans? or you know whatever, it could be a whole variety of things. But if there's something you know you're gonna have to habitually do, think about your life, and decide, this is how I'm doing this. So I'll get to that in a second, I'm gonna run out of time, I talk too much, but with um, like mill planning is a big area. I've had to decide once, because decision fatigue comes on strong for me with trying to feed all these people. <laughs> okay? So I'll, I can't remember if that's the next one, I, but let's see. Uh, we're going to look at that one in a minute so i 'll tell you what I mean more by decide once for the next two slides Here's some more really practical things um, again, chores for your kids, not for you. you have plenty of things. How do you build in some habits because didn't we just already do the laundry? All right so here are a few ideas I've tried all of these they've worked and not worked at different seasons of our life but the first thing I have to start with again what are my expectations I I'm a perfectionist. I would love a perfectly clean home with everything's organized. When it was just one or two small children, I felt like I could keep it that way. I had to give that up. That could no longer be my ideal. My ideal went from like your room had to be perfectly clean at the end of the day to is there a safe path to get to the bathroom in the middle of the night? <laughs> so that if you throw up, you're not throwing up on your sister's <laughs> shoes. Like, that's my goal, okay? Or like you don't, you know, can you safely get from here to there in the darkness, right? You know you are laughing because it's true. <laughs> um, the other thing in this communication, I had to have this conversation also with my husband because we had different expectations about what our home would look like. I'm pregnant, he's probably even more. So again, some husbands don't care at all about if things are messy or dirty. My husband does, right? It's, um, I, this for me really, hit. not even with the school stuff, prior to that, when we had those, those sweet twins, we then had five kids under the age of six. Okay? And I was drowning, drowning as a mom. I literally walked all day, around all day, praying like God. You do not know what you have done. There is no way I can do the work you are you have given me to do. That was that was my thought. I was like, I just can't. I cannot do this. At one point, I sat down and I made a list of all of the like household things that I felt like I was trying to do. Everything from taking out the trash, doing the dishes. Digital- my kids were all little. Nobody could really help. Catherine maybe could put away some dishes or something. It was not, you know, I felt like it was all on me. And I looked at that list and I picked, I made a photocopy of it first before I wrote it. I just wrote the whole list. And I went through and I picked here are my top five things I feel like I have to be done every day for me to feel sane living here. But I also handed the list to my husband again, before I wrote it. And I said, will you please tell me on here, which, which of all these things are most important to you? Mm-hmm. Because if I have five minutes, do you care more if I've cleaned off the kitchen counter mm-hmm. or I moved the shoes so I out of the door so you can get in when you get home? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, again, I wanted my home to be welcome. Again, go back to that. What do you want your spouse to feel? I wanted him to feel welcome in our home. I needed to know how to prioritize that a little bit because I would spend my time, like, I'm going to scoot all these toys over here and make a big pile so I can vacuum, because I just think the vacuum floor looks amazing. And he would walk in, and he did not ever once in our entire life has never noticed my vacuum the floor. He'd be like, why is there a pile of toys over here? Right? So we both had our list. We kind of looked, and I said, okay, here's, I feel like I can do this, this, and this. I'll prioritize these things. And then I said, what on here can you help me with more? And we said, like, I am never taking out the trash again in our household. I have not taken out the trash in 11 years, I don't think. I was like, I'm just not doing it. He can do it against I We'd get the trash bag and I would sit it on the porch and it was full of like thousands of diapers at that point. <laughs> As the kids got older, that became their chore. I was like, yo, somebody else just to take out the trash. I couldn't, I didn't at that point, I feel like I could even leave my house long enough to walk under the deck and put the trash in the trash can without some small child. <laughs> I don't even know what, you know, like I just couldn't even walk out the door for that long. So we had to really clearly adjust our expectations and communicate those, okay? The other motto at this point of my life, of just chores in general, that I had to keep telling myself and my husband was, quit being surprised. I feel like every night he would say, oh my gosh, I just cannot believe how many dishes there are, or how much laundry there is. Why I would think, how's the kitchen a mess again? Didn't I just clean up the kitchen? And finally, I was like, why am I surprised? There are, again, like, we have a big family. And even if you don't have a big family, like, if your kids are in your home all day doing this model school, there will be messes, and there will be things to do. It's just life. Don't be surprised, okay? So, eventually, as these kids got older, I was like, great, you all get to help. Because, again, I cannot do this all myself, nor, even if I could, I shouldn't. So even if you only have one or two children, you need to use this as an opportunity to help them start to learn some responsibility. You do not need to do all of this, everything that has to happen in your home and in your daily life. Okay. We tried chore charts. Um, I am terrible at making chore The whole, I like, could a stick around the suit. I just couldn't keep up with it. My oldest would try to make, this will not surprise those of you. She would, she would make chore charts for the siblings. She even went and... Got them prizes like at the Dollar Tree, and she tried to help me. <laughs> and it was just too much. I was like, I don't even know who gets stickers. I'm so confused that I forgot to print off a new chore. The chore charts didn't work for me. Then we moved into assigning yearly and monthly chores. Because, again, decision fatigue. Chore charts, they wanted to change up every week whose turn it was to take out the trash. I'm like, yo, I don't know took the I can't remember. So for, we did this for a couple years. One kid's job to take the trash out the entire year. No one ever had to ask again whose job it was. This kid's job is to empty the dishwasher every morning the whole year. Right? Now, we tried to be really fair. There were days where this kid felt like they had, it's not fair, my chore is harder than this kid's chore, whatever, and so on and so forth. There were some, eventually we rotated some things monthly that did feel a little more tedious, but something that kind of like decide once idea. I could not spend every day deciding whose turn it was to empty the dishwasher and how many dishes there were to empty, and was that fair that you only emptied the cups and you <laughs> emptied the plates? and How many forks are there? I, you know, like it was just exhausting me to the point where I couldn't do the other things I wanted and needed to do with my kids. Um, so that's an idea, if you like that. Uh, we divided even the yearly and monthly chores into, a, each kid had a daily chore, a weekly chore, and a monthly chore. Um, Again, daily things were generally like kitchen things and trash and things like that. Weekly might be like one of them was like cleaning out the car because that was a spot that we forget about and then we'd be like, gosh, my car is disgusting. I'm like, oh, I can have some kid every Saturday. You take a little trash out, you go make sure there's no trash in the car. Uh, Monthly chores were bigger things. Maybe that was something cleaning in their room, organizing the closet or in the garage or something like that. Um, Also trying to implement routines. So that's what this little picture is. I, at one point, for the kids who kept forgetting to brush their teeth every day, I just forgot. Do I really need to tell you every day to brush your teeth? Apparently, yes. But I was tired of telling them to take, to brush their teeth or take a shower. So um, we started with real ones who couldn't read my list, pictures. I did little pictures, and I laminated it, and I put it down low on a cap where they could see it. Okay. Eventually, they, when they could read, we had some words, and I put these in, like, sheet protectors, because then they could use a little dryer, and I would hang them up in the refrigerator, and they could use a little dryer, or in their bathroom, I'd put somewhere they could see it and check it off. Um, that, again, if you have just older kids, they probably don't need that. They might still need to be told to take a shower. I don't know. But you could still use that idea for tons of things, right? If it's a certain chore, or even for some of their schoolwork. Um, you could do that. But just thinking through, like, what are the things that become habitual because this is just how we do it, right? So, again, pictures. Um, some people i have seen them even print out or put them on, like, index cards and a little key ring, and they, then they just flip to the next one um, instead of, like, putting it on a wall. Um, that was an idea that a friend of mine had, but I kept losing the key rings. Okay. <sighs> Food. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm going to try to get, I know someone's not showing, so I'm going to try to speak this a little um, you're hungry again, right? These people that eat all day, and this is not what you want your meals to look like. That's been feeding himself cereal at some point. I don't even know. Um, I say the part of being a mom I was least prepared for was feeding people. Um, even if I just had not a large, I I just didn't grow up like when my I felt like my mom told my older sister how to cook while I played the piano. And I was like, I will entertain you with my piano skills while y'all are making dinner. And I knew how to cook nothing when we got married. It was very interesting. Um, And now I have eight people to feed all day every day, and they are constantly hungry. So for me, meal planning is, again, where decision fatigue tends to hit me really quickly. Um, The first thing is that I've just had to, again, give myself a rule, kind of hold myself accountable to, like, Sunday afternoons or evenings, I have to sit down with the calendar for the week, and I have to come up with a plan. If I get to Monday morning, I'm shot. Like, I can't, I can, I'm, I'm done. I can't even tell you what we're having for dinner on Thursday if I don't know by Sunday night. It just doesn't work. Um, and looking at your calendar to see, like, again, do we have a practice? Do we have a church commitment? Are we home late? Is, you know, is there another event? Um, what night does it need to be a crockpot meal? What night can it be? You know, whatever. Um, the other thing that's been really helpful to me is to create a meal rotation. So, I um, sat down at one point and made a list of like 15 or something meals that I felt like the majority of my people will eat because there is nothing they all love. Um, And things that I felt like were simple enough that I could do, I could keep ingredients on hand. And then I would just rotate. I mean, that's about two weeks worth, right? And just, okay, during these two, I'm looking at my calendar. Here's my list of 15 meals. I'm just putting them in. Two weeks later, I'm just gonna do the same thing. Like if you eat the same meal twice in one month, that's okay. Right? sometimes it's even at this point I'm like Wednesday's night is pasta night right we have to get to church we have this this like my older kids can make pasta if I'm still bringing somebody out from practice so like it's some type of you know noodles and something every Wednesday and usually like Taco Tuesday I don't, you know like I've just kind of tried to fall into again I might vary up a little bit what it is but if I just know like oh on Tuesdays we're making some kind of tacos and Wednesdays we're having some kind of pasta that has eliminated a lot of decisions for me um, freezer and easy meals. I'm not great about doing things ahead of time putting them in the freezer. In fact, I never do that. I just, I don't know, but I am good at Costco at remembering <laughs> what are the simple things I can buy that are, you know, in those sous vide bowl packages or things that you can come home, you that, heat it up, make some rice, ta-da, people have some dinner. I just have to remind myself when I go to Costco to buy a few of those and then plan when, you know, when's okay to use them. Um, I also had to learn I needed to build in meal breaks from meal planning for myself. This goes back to that communication. Again, this is hard for me to feed people, it it just is. Mm -hmm. Um, There are times where I've put that responsibility on my oldest daughter, because she likes food stuff, and she Mm -hmm. has meal planning for us. Even, like, last week, she asked, she was like, can I do this? She was like, she didn't want to cook the dinner, but she said, can I do the meal planning? Absolutely. She even went to the grocery store and bought the food. I was like, here's the credit card, Mm -hmm. and then I'll have (laughs) to cook it. So I would ask, I'm like, Catherine, what's for dinner on Tuesday, okay? (laughs) But there was also a time about a year and a half ago where I was really struggling with some other things. Um, I just couldn't, y'all, I just could not feed my, I couldn't do it. And I had to go to my husband in our children and and I was like, somebody has to take this on. I cannot do this. I did not cook dinner for six weeks. I just, I mean, like, there were, there were just too many other things. I just, I, I could not physically and emotionally do it at that point. And it, so I had to be willing to say, I need help with this, because obviously we have to eat, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and then looking for days, ways during the days to teach your kids also, right? Like, you're home on a Wednesday morning or Friday morning. Can you teach your 7-year-old to make scrambled eggs? Yes, you can. If you are willing to stay the way, actually, your 8-year-old might teach himself to make French toast by watching a YouTube video, which would be what mine did. I came and said, what are you doing? He makes the best French toast of anyone in our whole family. Mostly because, again, I said, I'm not feeding you breakfast. Feed yourself. <laughs> so he said he wanted French toast. Um, Okay, appointments and scheduling, and I'll try to move quickly because it's—I don't know what time we're supposed to get out of here. Probably now. I hate being a taxi driver, but here's what I had to think about with all these kids who have to go to the dentist and the orthodontist on a near daily basis—it feels like. <laughs> Y'all, again, actually, that's on our refrigerator. now. That's the summer. That was just the summer travel schedule that I color coordinated on there. Um, if it works, if your kids don't have sports stuff, I would say do it right after school on a Tuesday or Thursday because it is harder on a Wednesday, and for some reason no dentist or orthodontist works on a Friday, to go in the middle of a Wednesday school day. Okay, So if that's possible, that's where I would start. Or, you know, Monday. Um, if you have to do Wednesdays, I've tried the, for my family a couple of different things. For a while I thought, oh, we'll go first thing, we'll take that 8 a.m. appointment. But somehow that messed us up so much for just that morning rhythm that now I'll schedule it at like 11.30, right before lunch. Because then everybody else can be getting lunch or doing some things while I run one kid to the dentist. I know. Uh, think about your Friday and Monday work if you have lower school kids and those assignment days are the same So maybe you want to do it all on Friday And then you have Monday to do all your meal planning and go to the grocery store and go to the library and do your things Or maybe like Fridays you're just done you want to be finished by lunchtime You know what you're gonna finish on Monday. So just think of that as well um, Family calendar I use an app called cozy that has allowed my husband and my teenagers to also have the app So everybody can put stuff on there you can put it on as recurring events You can add the list, you know things to list all kinds of things that for me has been more helpful than like Google Calendar. I'm happy to show you or tell you more about that later. Um, giant fridge calendars for like major events. Kids kept saying, "When's vacation? You know, when is my camp? Whatever." So, I was tired of answering those questions. So I thought, "Where can I put this so they can clearly see it?" Okay. Um, and last, using whiteboards and then what I call the nightly preview. If there is something simple that you find yourself scheduling wise, like you need to remind kids, like, oh yeah, you have an appointment tomorrow, or if they're driving you crazy asking, what is for dinner? What is for dinner? What is for dinner? Um, I would just, I took some of those smaller whiteboards and I would just write, like, what the next day's schedule was and what was for dinner, and I just put it on the kitchen, you know, up against the kitchen counter. And that just eliminated them asking me quite so many times. We now have moved into what I call the nightly preview after our devotions. Every night we finish devotions, and then my husband says, Now mom's gonna tell you what tomorrow is like. And we go through the whole day to make sure I've accounted for everyone's coming and going. I didn't forget somebody's practice, and they all have rides, and we're carpooling, and you know, those kinds of things. Um, again, if you don't have if you have small children, that's probably not, but at some point, especially middle school, they have a lot of places to go and they can't drive themselves, and it gets real complicated. Okay, we're almost to the end of this. So, um, this quote you've probably heard before from Annie Dillard. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. A schedule defends from chaos and whim. It's a net for catching days. It's a scaffolding on which a worker can stand and labor with both hands at sections of time. A schedule is a mock up of reason and order, willed, faked, and so brought into being. It's a piece and a haven set into the wreck of time. It's a lifeboat mm-hmm. on which you find yourself decades later still living. So I just again want to challenge you to think through and what are these kinds of habits, and to take some time to be a little bit proactive in what do you want that to look like, so you don't feel like this is happening to you, but that you are directing these days and these hours with your children and your family. So, you I want you to jot these down, because we don't have time to do it now, but here are some questions that you can answer, or maybe come back to this in about six weeks around fall break time, okay? I'll put them all up so you can see them. Um, It's just five or six of them. What is working? Acknowledge what is working well. Right? Like, yeah, I've been trying this meal planning system. That seems to be going great. Okay, awesome. What's not working? Is there anything that you're like, this is just not going the way I thought it was, and I'm struggling with this? Is there anything you can say no to? During that season, again, just for that season, maybe you need to say no to something so that you can do this well. Is there something you can just pause? Maybe that's just during like, oh, during soccer season, we have to just pause this, but we'll pick it back up in December or whatever, okay? What has to continue? What can you not pause? For me, that was feeding people, right? Like, I would love to say, I can say no to food. I will not feed these people ever again. I can't say no to feeding the people, right? So what has to continue? And then where can you ask for help? Maybe again that's your spouse. Maybe that's your parents, your in-laws, maybe that's friends, maybe that's your children. Your children need to know that you cannot do everything in your home all the time. Uh, my line to them is, I am not an octopus. I do not have that many arms and brains. Right? Don't they have a lot of brains, Carrie? So, I mean, I, just have to, I, mean, I sometimes I have to tell them, I cannot do all of this, nor should I be the only one doing this. Okay? Um, The other thing I think is really helpful is to think about knowing your children. And I like to do this about quarterly, but at least once a year. I would suggest you just take a list and write down a couple of things about your kids. You will later, years later, you will love going back and looking at this. Can you jot down three words to describe them? Jot down something they're selling at and something they're struggling with. That's it. Three words to describe them, something they're selling at something you're struggling with. Yeah. Just put the date and do that. If you do that, and you don't need to do that every week, I'm not sure I guess you're to, but I find at least quarterly, that is helpful for me to think through, what are my kids really working, you know, again, where do I need to meet them? Uh, if you're brave, do the same thing for yourself. Can you list the words to honestly describe, again, maybe you really want to be patient, but maybe you're really being impatient, right? And I find it helpful to think and compare these two. How do I want my children to describe me? Whether it's like if someone sees them at church or, you know, somewhere, about the third week of school, and they say, like, oh, how's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to say, she is so patient with me? <laughs> or they're going to like, she is a hot mess. Um, so, again, and then just look, like, how how are like what's the comparison between those two? Again, no one's asking you to be perfect, but I found evaluating yourself in this role is super helpful. See where are you, and where do you want that to go or to be? Okay. Um. These sentences also help me to evaluate myself. And you could just draw like first thing to come to mind. If only I didn't have to blank. Do the laundry. <laughs> Drive everywhere? Okay, maybe you need to figure out some carpools. Maybe you need to figure out a laundry system. If only I had help with. To me, these help reveal like, where do I feel like I'm getting like, a sticking spot? I'm not saying I have to like, give up doing laundry or meal cleaning. Or, like, if only I never had to read aloud to my kids, that would, that would be sad. But, or blank is making me crazy. That for me is like the pile of shoes near the front door is making me crazy. Like It's a little thing because all the other stuff. Can I do something to address that little thing and find, like, a simple solution? Um, These two last resources I want to share with you have been super helpful to me. These are both um, Christian women, if you're familiar with them. Uh, They both have podcasts and books and blogs and all kinds of things. Um, The lazy genius, her kind of tagline is, be a genius about the things that matter and do about the rest. You've got to know what matters to know what you really want to put your effort into. But she has a lot of really, really practical, helpful things. And the next one is by a lady named Emily P. Freeman. Um, They're also friends with each other, I think, I don't know, called Do the Next Right Thing. If decision fatigue is a thing for you, she is helpful. And her podcasts are beautiful. I love her sweet voice. Um, The last, again, I put the sweet picture of my daughter. This is Katherine, our senior. Again, just as a reminder, it goes so fast, y'all, so fast. And I promise you will not regret the time you're spending with your kids. You may regret if you're super impatient for 12 years with them. (laughs) So I don't want you to regret that. I want you to be honest with yourself. But I want you to also see the fruit of your labor. Okay, So I want us to end this prayer. This is my prayer for myself this year, but also for you all. And uh, Nori actually had read this yesterday, so it's perfect to read it again. From Ephesians 3. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named And all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's my prayer for you.